Welcome to Creating Real Marriages That Last with Dr. Mike Glenn. Today we're discussing young adults and their careers. Let's listen in on the conversation. So millennials are um, now entering the workforce. They're, co- they're in no, college no. and they've had a lot of attention on them. Um, now and you now, got 60 years to pay for it. <laughs> they do. They do. Um, and now you've got, you know, Generation Y is in high school and, um, and elementary school. And so those generations are um, falling behind. But, um, or I'm sorry, Gen Z. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got my alphabet wrong. Then do we um, go to double A? Uh, well, yeah, Alpha is is um, the, like, Mackenzie Rose is right. going to be. A, alpha? Yeah. Yeah, Generation Alpha, or they're tossing it around. Have they gone double A? I don't know. That's usually what you do. Well, they're moving to, from what I understand. Greek letters now? Yeah, Alpha. Yeah, Alpha, Beta, all of that. So, anyway. Well, good. Fascinating. I'm memorizing the Greek vocabulary. That'll be great. Now at least you can know about generations. (laughs) So our millennial friends, um, they are uh, now in the workforce, and uh, what do you? Why do you think millennials are choosing? Um, they're choosing passions over over money. Mm-hmm. So, um, and it's been fascinating to watch when they were students. We started seeing, um, you know, they were saying uh, they were having midlife crisis as high school students. Right. You know, because they mm-hmm. started thinking the quarter life crisis. Right, yeah. right. So, um, so what are some? Why do you think that's happening in their lives? As millennials are choosing passion over money when it comes to work. One, they have seen the disappointment of their parents. Hmm. Uh, that um, their parents were relatively successful, had the nice house in the suburb, the two car garage, hmm. and their parents weren't happy. Right. And so they made a decision early on. I'm not going to ride that train. Not going to be like my parents. I'm not going to be like my parents. I'm not going to be like my friends' parents. You know, most of the millennials, you know, the the numbers are a little fuzzy, but a lot of the millennials uh, now come from a a divorced family. Right. And and they saw the the damage, the sacrifices, and the damage it did. Yeah. Uh, because dad was on the road or, you know, mm-hmm. mom was overcommitted and, and, the, and the marriage just drifted apart. Yeah. Um, and so they, they're deciding, I'm not going to do that. Now, the, the problem with not is you don't know what you're going to do. <laughs> yes. so, so, so they have that crisis. Then you throw in the entire job market mm-hmm. is different. For the first time in history, parents are having a hard time helping their children prepare for a career. Hmm. We don't know what careers, what careers, what it means. Uh, you know, my dad took me into the living room and taught me how to shake hands. Uh, I was taught how to dress for success. Mm-hmm. You know, you wear grays, you wear blues, you wear, you know, blacks. Mm-hmm. Uh, the red is the power tie. <laughs> I mean, we had all of these articles and now it is uh, you know, I remember sitting in, in downtown Nashville with my dad, and this guy walks in front of us crossing the road, and he had chains and torn jeans and dreadlocks, and uh, and I knew who he was. He's one of the songwriters here, one of the very successful right. songwriters. My dad said, look at that bum. Oh. <laughs> and I said, Dad, <laughs> that guy's got more money than you and I will ever see. Right, right. Uh, and uh, so, but Dad had no idea 
Because it's changed yeah, so that, much. That's the way to do it. Yeah. Now more people are working at home. Now they're working, uh, you know, with their laptops in a coffee shop. They're mm-hmm. doing a lot of different things. People no longer see that if I work hard, uh, I'll, I'll make enough money and I can be happy. Mm-hmm. That that dream has now been burst. Right. And that, and you've had some 12-year-old develop an app and become <laughs> a billionaire. And so... <laughs> Right, right, so overnight. I don't yeah. know why I want to work this hard. I just right. need to do the right app. I just need right to do this app, one app, app and, and I'm I'll good. Be, and I'll be fine. <laughs> uh, but the, there is, there is uh, a, a growing weariness, um, and, and, it, and, it's, and it's kind of disheartening to talk to an 18-, 19-year-old young person who is world-weary. Mm. Uh, and I think the world has thrown so much at them so fast right. that they're just almost bruised by it now. Yeah. And they don't trust uh, uh, the, the dream to happen. And what they're trying to do is find a, a little place in the world where I can kind of do my thing mm-hmm. and uh, and I can make a little difference somewhere. Yeah, I think that's a good way of putting it. They seem extremely stressed out right now. Mm-hmm. And um, just the worry of what is this going to look like? Now, now, the, you know, there's two ways to answer this. One is, is is the thing of tent making, and that my job is not my passion, hmm. but it provides the resources I need to pursue my passion. Right. I go and I work at the nine to five Monday through Friday, hmm. so I can earn the resources or have the resources and have the opportunities to do what I really want to do. Right. And I think a lot of us make the mistake of thinking that that everything has to be about my passion. Right. Not not everything is going to be about your passion. I mean, some of it's just yeah. got you got to it's chores. You just got to do it. You just yeah. got to take out the garbage. I don't <laughs> right. care if you're passionate about it or not. <laughs> um, but you know, can I can I find something that um, that provides for my needs, but then allows me the time to work with the homeless right. or to tutor? in the afternoon or something like yeah. that, where I can then uh, find a meaningful way to, to fulfill my passion of serving others in some meaningful way. It always doesn't have to be about Now, sometimes it is the, the job and everything does line up. It is your passion. It is your yeah. passion, but not always, and right. it doesn't have to be. Right. Every life is going to have rose and thorns, and you just mm. want to make sure you have enough blooms to make the thorns worth it. Mm. That's good. There's, there's always yeah. trade-offs, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and the seasons look different mm-hmm. as you're moving around and growing up. And what um, what are what are the reasons you think that millennials then are also placing such a high value on on meaning? Lost it. Okay. We've lost it. Um, the, um, the it started with the Vietnam War, um, with well, with the confusion of the Vietnam War, and then it. Uh, it exploded in uh, the so-called sexual revolution, and now it ex- that then developed into this hyper individualism. That is that really it is all about me mm-hmm. and my experience, and uh, and that has turned to be really shallow mm-hmm. and really boring. Right. Uh, and uh, and then when you found out that I mean I'm trying to make it all about me, and there's there's somebody in Haiti who is sleeping out in the rain. Yeah. And it doesn't take a whole lot for me to jump on a plane and go build a house, yeah. you know, with or to, to, to be involved in South Africa where 
Um, and there's something very liberating uh, about not thinking about yourself hmm. for some period of time. Mm-hmm. And there's something very freeing about that. Yeah. And uh, because Christianity, and I'm in being, being a, a Christian communicator, because Christianity has not answered these questions well in the public forum, then people have felt free to go make up their own mm. uh, kind of, here, here's what I think is important and valuable, right. and here's why. You think, um, does that change the way that you pastor a church that has millennials in it? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. What are some things that you're worried um, about that? The the things, and, and we're, we're having these discussions right now, the things that... that that we're that we're going to have to get hold of, and in a typical traditional Southern Baptist church, as as a lot of us are, and and we have major components of that, uh, a successful a successful worship service is about did, did I feel good during mm-hmm. you know when was I quote fed right now all of that it, it was and pastors do what what. Gets us a raise, right? Right. <laughs> I mean, I hate right. to, I hate to say that, yeah. But when you're in a when you're in an accountability meeting and your leaders are going, we're looking for this, right. then you learn to throw that pitch. Yeah. Uh, the problem is, is that the church has not made disciples, hmm. and because of that, the church is is uh, is drying up. Well, and I've heard you talking about um, spiritual narcissism, right? You think that's partnering sure, in with sure, this somewhat? Sure, it's all about. It's all about am I am I growing? Am I, mm-hmm. um, the 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 way that we know a, a disciple is growing is that they're making other disciples. Mm-hmm. Is they're re, they're reproducing a healthy right. organism reproduces, um, and and that's the way uh, the early church was, and it's what we have to rediscover now, mm-hmm. which is a lot more of one on one members. Mm-hmm. Guys in a pew, having Bible studies in their home, Bible studies where they work, uh, Bible studies where everyone gets their friends together, and them doing the discipling, and mm-hmm. then my role becomes more of discipling the disciplers, right? Uh, of of helping the staff, of helping our leaders become better disciplers, so they can get out in the community and then make disciples, yeah. which changes the way you preach, which changes the way you know. Uh, we was talking to the other day, you know, we had this big thing about. Uh, Preaching to seekers. Mm-hmm. Well, you don't have seekers anymore. Mm-hmm. If somebody walks into a church now, mm-hmm. that's, it's not a casual uh, de- decision. Right. They're coming because they are looking for something. Right. Uh, and, and, you know, like I say all the time, sympathy is overrated. To walk in and have somebody say, I know how you feel, <laughs> doesn't help. Hmm. Now you got two people feeling bad. <laughs> I, you know, I, <laughs> I need somebody to go. Okay, here's the problem. Here's what you're feeling, and here's the solution that Jesus Christ provides. And here's why this solution works. Yeah. And that's a whole different way of preaching. Yeah. Wow. Um, and I'm not sure I'm learn. I'm, I'm I'm good at it yet. Yeah. Uh, but I'm, I'm having to having to learn a, a new way to do that. Okay. Uh, and social media is part of it, and you know. I yeah, bother you and and, and, and Daryl all the time. Well, it it is. Uh, it's not to a millennial, okay? Because it because they are they're digital what we call digital natives, right? Right. Um, I I'm not. I'm not a digital native. 
Mm-hmm. But like any good missionary, I want to learn the language of the people that I'm trying to reach. Right. So yeah, you have um, to be. So I'm learning to, to do in everything it. in 140 words, and now I'm finding out that Twitter <laughs> is not good enough. Now I got to go on Periscope. That's right. And uh, so I'm watching a couple of my friends who do Periscope well. And, <laughs> and, the um, the in like Instagram and and those sort of things. Um, I, I geek out about all of how you can use those tools to have conversations and. Mm-hmm. It changes a lot of things, but it also impacts the church, too. When you start realizing that you can be a spiritual narcissist, um, you have to have those boundaries as well as trying to pull out. And so um, as somebody who spends a lot of time on social media, you as as well, um, do you feel like you have to pull out of of that sometimes, too? And um, You know, it it is interesting. um, uh, Tony Schwartz. Yes. The productivity guru. Right. Uh, wrote an article in the New York Times yesterday, the day before. He tweeted that, yeah. yeah. About how he, he went on this health kick, okay. you know, and, and he, he cut down on his drinking. He, he cut down on, on his sugar intake and salt intake and diet sodas and all of that. But the one thing he couldn't kick was the internet yeah. addiction. Right. Which yeah. was, which was, Mind blowing because he's the dude that <laughs> he teaches. Knows how that. To, yeah, he's he knows the how one. To do all the productivity. He, he's the one who tells us, "Hey, you know, limit you, your, you know, you limit yeah. limit your email. Yeah. Do it two two times a day." Right. And he and he said it was the hardest thing in the world hmm. for him to do. Um, I think what you're going to find out is that more and more people will be quietly disengaging, right, from from social media for for periods of time. And it will not be unusual for you to be in a conversation and somebody, and, and you say, have you seen so-and-so? And somebody say, you know, right, right, right now I'm on, a, I'm on a media fast. Yeah. Well, and I also think, too, that when um, go, talking specifically with millennials, um, they get tired of so much self being put out yeah. there. Um, but if the message means something, then, uh, like, just – if you're just putting out constant content and it doesn't and it's not connecting with who you are, mm-hmm. you know you see evidence that they're not engaging with right. that. So I think um, as a church, we're going to have to figure out what well, that you looks don't like. Wanna, you don't want to become the Christian version of the Kardashians. True, true. You yeah, know, where you just it's constantly verses and yeah. put on word swag and all sorts of pretty ways. Yeah. But if it connects with who you are and there's some balance there, I think. Um, I think I, I, you'll see that you, conversation. Yeah, change. I think the conversation change if it is if it comes out of the natural flow of your life and who you are, right? And and that kind of, and, and you know you know uh, a, a couple of people and the same that I follow that just all the time they, you know they, they they're telling you about hey I turn left on this street you right. know, and I turn right on this street <laughs> or too many pickles on my hamburger yeah <laughs> and, and you go and I don't, I don't I don't care about that but then you have some other people. Hmm. Who are hey? This is what I'm reading, right? Or this is why this is important, or this was a good moment. Yeah. And and those those kind of people you pay attention to. The others you just learn to skim. Yeah. And, and we're probably like most people, yeah. you know, with that. That makes sense. Thanks for listening in on the conversation. If you want to find out more about Dr. Mike Lynn, you can go to mikelinnonline.com or you can follow him on Twitter at Mike Glenn. You can also download a free copy of 170 Ways to Love Your Spouse on his website, mikelinnonline.com.